This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm so glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show. Our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I'm excited to talk about a new way for you to invest, and it doesn't involve buying stocks from some Reddit board. Also, there's a new charge appearing on bills all over the place. I'll tell you what to look out for. So lately, all the buzz has been about Well, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin recently topped $50,000 of Bitcoin and people who've been buying the stocks that are being touted on Reddit and there was all that mess that went on with um, GameStop and other stocks that went up like rockets and then like rockets can do, crash back down to earth. And my son is in this investing group at school. He's 15, and they're investing not real money, but they all have their stock portfolios. And I want to read you two texts from him from this morning. They're really funny. He said, um, in the last 19 minutes, my stock portfolio has dropped by 660 Then he texts me eight minutes later, and he said, then it went up by $800. And I, (laughs) the other night when he was trapped in the car with me, I started boring him trying to talk about how my philosophies in investing work very differently than that, worrying about day trading and options and all that and what's going to happen up to the minute. And If you thought a father could be more irrelevant to his son than I was at that minute, you you couldn't be. He had no interest in anything I was saying because to him, this is sport. And that's what investing has been of late. What people call investing is really speculating. And that's not my thing. I mean, I'm the dullest person alive. And I invest in a dull way because the idea is I want to make money over time. And so that's why I get excited about really accessible investing opportunities for small investors that allow you to build reasonable wealth over time instead of trying to get the quick score. And my son's a sharp kid. He'll eventually get it and will not think that it matters what you're buying and selling minute by minute. And by the way, he's asked me if he can have a real investing account. I said, well, you know, you'd have to have what's called a custodial. He said, yeah, yeah, where where you were the pretend owner, but I'm the one doing the investing. And I don't know what to do. You know, give him a couple hundred dollars and let him play and maybe learn 
the value of long-term investing, but, you know, at 15, what is long-term? That's like three days from now. It's hard to explain a concept where you build wealth over time. Well, do you know Goldman Sachs is? Goldman Sachs is for rich people like Krista, people with (laughs) massive amounts of money who work with a personal financial manager who handles their money for them. That's right, Krista. That's what you do with your millions? Yeah, no. No. Okay. So there are there are very wealthy people, that's what they do. And Goldman Sachs has been doing some stuff lately that doesn't fit at all their historical pedigree. Uh, they're the ones that issue the Apple card for people that have the Apple credit card and they have um, savings accounts and all that kind of thing with no minimums. Well, now they've launched something called Marcus Invest, which allows people to use Goldman Sachs' incredible financial analysis, investment analysis, to build robo-investing portfolios for you using very low-cost funds. And this is something you would ask somebody 10 years ago if Goldman Sachs would ever be looking to provide investments and investment advice to everyday ordinary people, they'd say, you're crazy, that'll never happen. Well, they're not doing what Fidelity Investments does where a dollar is enough to open an account, or in many cases, Schwab, $100. They're doing what Vanguard does. You have to have 1000 bucks to open an account. But once you have that 1000 you can get advice that is tailored to your personal financial goals and outlook. The money can be in a retirement account or an investment account. They use what are known as exchange-traded funds, ETFs. And typically for the um, advice and the investments, you pay roughly a third of a percent per year for them to handle your money. So I guess $10,000, that would be 35 bucks a year. Is that right? I think that's about right. Uh, $3.50 on 1000 I think that's right. So... This is an opportunity for you to do investing through one of the nation's big boys, you know, one of the big money houses, and their whole business plan is pretty similar to what you'd have if you were with um, Betterment or Wealthfront that really started this whole investing idea, and I'm sure neither of them are very happy that Goldman Sachs through Marcus Invest is playing in their ballpark. You can see how it works and other things that Marcus offers to small savers and investors at Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S dot com. Krista? Clark, Judy in Connecticut says, I'm new to your podcasts and fall asleep listening nightly and wake up smarter every day. (laughs) My question is, I have two colleagues. See, that's true. That's proof you don't need a sleeping pill and you don't need melatonin. You just listen to me and you go straight off to sleep. 
<laughs> um, so Judy has two college kids that use their debit cards online. After listening to your podcast, they need to get a credit card ASAP to protect their accounts. What's a good first credit card for this purpose and to start credit history? They would pay in full each month, of course. Is there a prepaid card or low credit limit card that you recommend to prevent potential overzealous buying? Okay, so wonderful because you got two competing issues there. One is you don't want your college student children to, once they have a credit card, run them all the way up to whatever limit they get and get into credit card debt. And that is a potential problem. The other potential problem is if you shop online with the debit card, as you heard me talk about, the risk is you have no consumer protections if the goods are misrepresented or never deliver, which you do have those protections with a credit card. So there are uh, a number of college student credit cards issued by credit unions, the major credit card issuers, American Express, uh, they all offer college student cards. Discover may be, though, my favorite, because if you get a Discover card, it helps you establish major credit, but Discover is not as widely accepted. So it means that even if they do get a decent limit from Discover, they're not as likely to be able to get into trouble as much as they could with a Visa or MasterCard. So Discover's student card program is quite large. Discover does it. Try to get in people's wallets when they're teenagers or 20-somethings and hope they stay loyal to Discover over the years. And you'll just have to have a discussion with your kids about the thing that a limit is not a green light to spend. A limit is truly there as the max that should ever be on a card, but only if you can afford to pay it in full when the bill comes. Cindy in Wisconsin says, our April 2020 trip to Ireland was canceled due to COVID restrictions. The airline issued us a voucher for future travel for about $2,500, which is good for five years. Even if travel is opened up with vaccine requirements, most in our group won't be vaccinated. We aren't sure if we will ever be able to use the voucher. Is there anything else we can do to recoup our costs, such as a refund or selling the voucher? So I'm confused, and Krista, I may need for you to read another part of this to me again from Cindy's question. So it was a group trip. She received credit for $5,000. Uh, well, for, yeah, $2,500. $2,500 mm-hmm. twice, right? So what prevents her from going on a trip not with the people who don't want to get vaccinated? I think it's that they wanted to go on this group trip together. So if you if you have friends who are opposed to the vaccine and you are making a decision that you don't want to travel if they're not going to get vaccinated, a um, couple of things. There's more and more information that you may be okay going even with people who are not vaccinated, that you will have sufficient protection even if they expose you to coronavirus. Um, If you mean because they won't get vaccinated, they're not going to go on the trip, then if it's possible, I would say you should just go on a trip, the two of you, somewhere using the value of the money, 
And the friends who don't want to get vaccinated, they just don't get the fun that you get to have going on the trip. And the voucher is good for five years, it said. so. Yeah, and people are, we're going to do a special podcast on travel opening back up and the decisions that you should make about taking a trip and we'll deal with it and other issues involving travel when we do that special podcast. So I recently went to the dentist and there was a new charge on my bill. I'm going to tell you about it and what you need to look for when you go to the dentist or the doctor. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When I go to the dentist now, I pay an additional fee for PPE. And when I'm at the dentist, I can tell you I feel extra safe when I'm in the chair because even though I'm going to get tortured by all those instruments that are like something probably uh, resurrected from the Middle Ages. No, actually. (laughs) I go because I want to make sure my teeth and gums stay healthy, but it's not always the most comfortable thing in the world. But uh, the dentist has this special hood that she had welded for her by a master welder which allows her to protect herself and protect patients as much as possible my hygienist wears all kinds of safety gear and they've had a lot of expenses that they've had to incur and so i would rather them make the environment as safe for me as possible and i'm willing to pay those fees But a lot of times you're going to businesses that have nothing to do with medical or dental and they now have coronavirus surcharges, fees, whatever. Um, You might find it at any of a number of businesses, including uh, places women go to for beauty treatments, uh, hair, nails, whatever. And so... It is a really, really tough thing for these businesses because they want you to come in and they want you to feel confident. And there is an expense for them with that. In some states, it's not even legal to add these surcharges. In others, there's, uh, the law is silent on it, and it's very, very common that people are being hit with these fees. My thing always with fees is full disclosure ahead of time. And when you make an appointment somewhere, they should disclose to you 
that in addition to the normal costs, there's a, a PPE charge, uh, or that there's a special procedures they do for coronavirus and there's an additional service fee of x dollars as long as they tell me up front i'm okay with it but when somebody doesn't tell me and i get hit with a surprise that i'm not happy with in the case of my dentist i got an email that told me that they were until further notice i was going to pay this ppe charge when I came in for an appointment in addition to my normal dental bill. And I really appreciated it that they told me that up front. And in their case, they absolutely were doing what they were supposed to be doing. There have been reports that customers are complaining more about PPE at the dentist than anywhere else. And I... Don't you, I mean, think about it. They're right in your face. There is exchange of fluids that could happen all the time as they're taking their medieval torture devices and they're moving them around inside your mouth. And so know that if you're not told before you go for a service, it's a great question to ask with anything that involves close personal contact know that it is really possible you're going to be hit with such a fee krista is that how you feel about all those implements they use at the dentist i actually have a dentist appointment today so i i don't know if she's going to have a welder's cap on but i'm sure she'll be really cool i mean it's really (laughs) cool so i asked the dentist where she got it one of her patients is a master welder Mm -hmm. And she told him what she was looking for. And so he welded it for her. And it's fantastic. That's awesome. Because she has these special magnification things that she wears Mm -hmm. um, so that when she's uh, doing something intricate in your mouth, she can really, really, really see it magnified. And he built this thing where the, the plexiglass goes out and over specifically to fit those magnification thingies. Nice. Well, I have a question from Lorraine in California that's kind of related. She went to a local urgent care for a COVID test, and she says, I provided all my information online, including my very good PPO medical insurance. No one ever told me the urgent care was not in my network or that I could get a bill for the test. My appointment time was confirmed. The next day I received my test at a drive through The text swabbed my nose while I was in my car. That was it. I got my results two days later. I received an explanation of benefits for a $206 office visit, $20 specimen handling fee, and $20 for PPE. I now see another explanation of benefits pending for a $150 lab fee. Why weren't these costs disclosed? Also, I don't recall signing anything about financial responsibility. All the forms were online, and now I don't have access to them. Where do I report these bad billing practices? I don't want someone else getting caught in this trap. Okay, I'm shallow breathing because I've heard this from too many people. As you drive around town in many cities, you'll see uh, COVID testing sites, no appointment necessary, 
Uh, yesterday, I was on one road for like four miles. There were three different of these no appointment necessary testing sites. Why are they so happy to see you? Because they're um, doing something that is apparently legal, but not at all ethical. So you're not allowed under the CARES Act to bill people for giving them a COVID test. The feds have a procedure for reimbursement of that. And so there's no restriction on charging people ancillary fees and no limits on those ancillary fees when you get a COVID test. So they can say that's free, but then have all these other junk fees that insurance is going to say, we're not paying that garbage. And then you're the one who gets balance bill. Odds are, and they must provide you disclosure of what you signed, or you can go back and pretend you're signing up for one again and see the terms and conditions you'd be agreeing to so you'd know what it was you did agree to. And the important thing you got to know, everybody's got to know, is when you do get go get a coronavirus test, you've got to read the terms and conditions up front to know whether the test is really free or you're going to get hit with bill shock of often from 100 to $500 for getting the coronavirus test. Brock in New York says, I'd like to know what percent you should look for on a trust fund account. I'm currently being charged 0.95%. 0.95 is actually lower than normal for somebody handling a trust for you. Trusts often are about 1.25% or so, can be higher than that. So 0.95 is in the realm of reasonable for a trust. There's a certain level of legal responsibility that somebody handling a trust has. And so uh, particularly if a trust is smaller, the percent fees will be, or what, what the fees will work out to be as a percent, would be quite a bit higher than the 0.95. So that is actually right in line, if not a little low, for a fee for handling or managing a trust. This is from Chris in Illinois. Given the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to pull money out of a 401k penalty-free, does it make sense to pull the money out and pay off the remainder of my mortgage? I have approximately $60,000 left in my mortgage, which is at 4% interest, and approximately $60,000 in my 401k. My family has a good amount of school loans at higher interest rate we are working to pay off as well. So you have to show that you've been economically harmed by coronavirus in order to be eligible for the penalty-free withdrawal from your 401k, but it doesn't exempt you from the tax. It only exempts you from the 10% federal penalty. My preference is that you leave your 401k be. Over time, over the years, you're likely to out-earn that 4% mortgage rate you have. And I'd rather you have that money there for your retirement. Because even psychologically, it feels great to pay off your home, but you can't eat your house. You need money for living expenses. And I'd rather the 401k continue to grow and that you pay the mortgage as agreed. And Garrett in Georgia says, do you have any advice 
on using Homeward to buy a house? Is this a good decision? So Homeward is not necessarily a good decision or a bad decision. This is a program where you can identify and buy your new home before you have been able to sell your old home. The catch is you are paying fees to Homeward for doing this, and they actually own the home that you buy. They're the owner, and you are paying them rent while you live in that property. And then only when your existing home sells and you're able to arrange your own mortgage do you then end up as owner of your home. If you don't finance through their captive finance arm, you have fees that you have to pay to them for having arranged all this for you. So it's designed that they are kind of like a way station landlord for you and um, placeholder for you until and unless your existing property is sold and then you're able to buy the new one. So you have to have a very narrow specific situation where it's worth it to you to essentially own one home and be paying rent on another pending the sale of your original one for that to make sense for you. So again, not a ripoff, but not the greatest deal out there. So I want to thank you so much for being part of today's show and being part of Team Clark, our community. If you need one-on-one advice, we provide that for free. We've done so for more than 28 years, where you can talk with a member of Team Clark, our Consumer Action Center, to see the hours and the phone number. You go to clark.com slash CAC. Or if you're ready to write down the number right now, it's 470-284-7137. 